Hello and welcome to the Macros Bodybuilding Powerlifting Podcast. Uh, we are very happy to have you all here today. Thank you for all the positive feedback we've been getting recently. Been absolutely loving it. Uh, we're doing our best to get on some really high quality guests and having entertaining and really informative chats with them. So all of your kind words are greatly received. And if you want to be even kinder, please leave a review for the podcast. Give us a five out of five star rating because you know we're worth it. And uh, I'm happy here with Mark today. You've just got us guys. Uh, I think it's good for us to do our own kind of podcast as well because we are coaches ourselves. We are part. We are the Revive Stronger Coaching Team. We write blog posts. We give out information. So it's good for us to share our knowledge as well. It tests us. It keeps us on track as well. So uh, we want to share a bit of what we know and how we think we can help you. We take in a lot of information from like Mike Isretel, the guys from 3DMJ, Eric Helms, Alan Aragon, Brad Schoenfeld, and we try and distill this and take away kind of and give you the best mix we think is possible. And we have lots of experience of our own clients as well so anyway without further ado we are talking about mini cuts i personally have just started a mini cut i'm in my uh, third week almost finished my third week i've lost a decent amount of weight i'm feeling pretty happy about that and i know mark's cutting right now and has done mini cuts in the past so i've had a lot of questions come in about mini cuts and how to set them up what i do and things like this because they are very effective and we we really like them at revive stronger so mark Hello, and uh, let's. what's your definition of a mini cut? What, what, how do you kind of define it? <clears throat> cool. Um, I've got a couple of things that, or a couple of definitions for a mini cut. Um, typically, for an individual like yourself who um, is relatively lean already, um, and the main focus is over time they want to get bigger, get um, get stronger, and just grow as much muscle as possible. So they maybe don't want to be spending a whole lot of time dieting. Um, you know, if you're dieting, if you're in a calorie deficit, you're not primed for, for gaining muscle. Um, and the longer you diet for, the less time you're making gains. So... The reason a mini cut can be effective is because it's a it's a fairly short, aggressive diet that for that specific time, um, and I've seen mini cuts run from anywhere like four to ten weeks, uh, just enough time to get in, out the diet, do what you need to do, lose some body fat, um, so you can start gaining muscle again, essentially. Uh, so I think I think a mini cut for that reason is really good. Um, again, someone like someone who's relatively lean wants to maximize muscle gains, get in the diet, get out of the diet, and don't you don't have to go for a, a prolonged deficit. Um, I also think a mini cut could work really well with with quite a an overweight individual uh, to kick off a diet. So reason being um, for so a mini cut for a, a lean individual is more about um, efficiency and just getting the job done. A mini cut for an, a slightly more overweight individual is probably, in my um, in my opinion, set up for more of a motivational thing. So to lose weight quickly and try and keep on the, the horse kind of thing. Um, 
how you would set that up or how I would set it up, and I think how you, how you would set it up yourself, is probably take like an estimated maintenance target and anything up to probably like a 30% deficit. So it's, it's, it's quite an aggressive deficit. It's not, you'll know yourself, you're in your third week, it's not a nice process. Um, it's aggressive, it's designed to be aggressive. Um, we want to lose as much fat as possible but then there's also muscle retaining um, things to think about there as well. Mm-hmm. So protein, you'd probably shoot for slightly higher uh, protein targets than you would um, in a maintenance phase or even in a dieting phase, push protein a little bit higher. And um, I guess both for muscle, to retain muscle and satiety as well. Like... If you're setting up a mini cut, if you're going to be serious about getting through a mini cut, then I think keeping satiated and keeping hunger at bay is um, is probably just as important as anything. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, I think that's I think that's how I would define both because I, I see mini cuts as two different two separate things, um, and that's probably what I, how I would say to set up either. Yeah, I completely agree in that. The mini cut, yeah, it's, it's basically the way I, I see it is it's as, as aggressive as you can get with the dieting phase without risking muscle loss. So you, you don't at all expect to lose muscle during a mini cut, but you do expect to lose a lot of fat. It's not as aggressive as something like Lyle McDonald's rapid fat loss diet, where it's like a protein sparing modified fast in which you eat like just protein and tons of it and veggies and no fats and carbs and supplement for all your kind of micronutrient needs that in itself could probably risk muscle loss you won't be able to train as effectively because you haven't got the carbohydrates in there so the mini cut is really you're trying to hit on that kind of upper end of the maximum rate of loss which i think me and mark will probably agree that for the most part on average it's probably going to be about a one percent loss of total body weight per week and then you do that yeah for the four to maybe up to ten weeks depending on how you set things up and um at the start of the mini cut as well because you are like you said you're gonna and people have commented don't you just lose like water and glycogen and is there any actual fat loss well yeah initially you're going to see a lot of that come off so the first few weeks you might see up to maybe a two percent body weight loss per week probably in the first week should kind of come down to maybe a 1.5 or one in the second week and this is going to depend on how big you are as a person um and kind of how much kind of carbs and water you've been taking in prior um because if you've come from a a, a, like a bulk into a mini cut which i wouldn't necessarily recommend i'd recommend maintaining before going into kind of a cutting phase uh but if you were to do that you'd be losing a shed load of glycogen a shed load of water um because as we know one gram of glycogen stored in the body stores three grams of water so that's a big kind of deal um so we kind of defined it it can be used for anyone. I think mini cuts are useful for anyone. It's either a mini cut into a longer progressive cut, as you said, which, yeah, it's great for client buy-in because they see really quick results week in, week out, and they're like, yes, this is working. And then you progress them into a kind of a more gradual approach to, into a diet. Um, and then, yeah, for someone like ourselves who are kind of, we're lean, we're not needing to lose loads of weight, it can just kind of, 
allow us to but then go into kind of potentiate our muscle growth in future because a lean individual is going to grow more muscle than a fatter individual and kind of we want to get into that golden body fat range which is like eight to like 16 percent for males and then females can basically add 10 percent on top of that and that's a good range for a, a natural bodybuilder or just athlete who wants to grow muscle to be within because you're nice and your muscles are insulin sensitive they're going to want to grow and even as an advanced athlete that's kind of the range you want to get in and not kind of go too much outside of that so if we go into initially setting up the diet and you already started with the nutritional aspect of protein being kept high uh, i think a good recommendation in in general for what i go for is one gram per pound is nice um, which generally creates some buffer because generally we can set protein by lean body mass but most people doing kind of mini cut aren't massively obese but if they are then we can use the lean body mass approach which i like to go for one gram to 1.4 grams per pound of lean body mass which is from eric helms kind of natural bodybuilding recommendations for getting sh like shredded basically um and yeah like mark said you can get you get the benefits of not just the kind of protein sparing effects and if it's protein sparing then it's kind of muscle sparing because the amount of muscle that you're going to lose is kind of MPS, muscle protein synthesis, which is the growth of muscle, minus MPB, muscle protein breakdown. So the more MPS we can provide that against this MPB, the better we're going to be. So by having slightly higher protein, we can defend against this slightly better. And then you also talked about satiation, protein being the most satiating macronutrient important during a dieting phase um it's really important because especially in aggressive dieting period hungers it sucks like i'm hungry a lot of the time right now my energy levels aren't actually too bad because it's not like i've been in a diet for a long period of time it's mainly just the hunger aspect so my protein came from like maintaining intakes of 180 which was just over a pound uh, actually around one gram per pound and now i'm on 200 uh, which isn't hugely high, but it, it's pretty high for my body weight. Uh, so what about carbohydrates and fats, Mark? Do you, how do you see these? Do you kind of set fat and carbs differently for a mini cut? Yes. Uh, I, okay, in a mini cut for that short blast of time, then, well, I mean, I guess it's... It, it's individual to some extent but i would definitely have recommendations on this um to the individual one being like you talked about uh, energy levels so you know if we we're going to have um we want to train a certain way so uh, with a certain intensity so we need energy and the best thing for that is going to be carbohydrates so even with a, a fairly aggressive diet you're still going to to want to have as many carbohydrates coming in as possible. So, whereas in a normal kind of diet and setup, you might, um, you might kind of set protein and fat, and then kind of fill the rest with carbohydrates. In a mini cut, I'd probably be more inclined to have a quite quite a lower fat intake for that time, just to kind of get that carbohydrates up. Um, um, I can't really. I, I I don't really think there's there's nothing wrong with a, 
a, a really low fat intake for that that period of time. Um, you don't want, I don't think you want to go too long with a seriously low fat intake, but um, you know we're talking about um, MPS and MPB, and we're talking about being able to train at a certain intensity and um, muscle sparing. We have to be able to train at that certain intensity, and a higher carbohydrate diet is going to is going to help that. So I would definitely be on the the lower end of fat intake, um, which might even be like 0.3 grams, 0.3 grams per pound. Um, yeah, I've seen, I'd go lower in, on some yeah. occasions if people were happy to do it. Like you said, like there's different people react differently to it, but for that short period of time, you can go quite low as long as you hit your kind of essentials. I, I know like I don't feel too, it's really difficult actually to adhere to a diet that's less than like, I'm on 40 grams of fat. I oats, like a, a small portion of oats still has like a decent amount of fat in them. I'm eating my oats. So yeah, I think they're there and uh, regardless. Um, yeah, but fat, fat, like you said, it's it's only a short period of time. Um, I can't think off the top of my head any major problems that you're going to that you're going to run into. You're not on an extended diet, um, and it's just again when we talk about the preference thing, right? So usually we work with clients, and we would be they would advise us on what they prefer. Like some people like a high fat diet, that's completely fine. Some people like a high carbohydrate diet, and that's equally as fine. But I just think that I've got a slight bias towards a slightly higher carbohydrate diet and a mini cut, just because the the fuel coming in is so low anyway, mm-hmm. um, and it's absolutely the body's most preferred source of fuel is carbohydrates. So I would definitely be inclined push the fat down, get as many carbohydrates in there as possible. And especially people don't consider the the kind of fiber is important during that phase it keeps you full that comes from your carbohydrates um and also micronutrients from carbohydrates uh they're important so your fruits your veggies so yeah i agree i kind of try and set fat kind of as minimal as the person will be happily to go to and then fill in the rest once we've set fat and uh, protein fill the rest with carbohydrates which yeah like you said they're the preferred energy kind of fuel for source fuel for source source of fuel um yeah so that's important that's the mini cut coming through i'm dieting so that's the right (laughs) and then in terms of i think something that might be of interest to people is kind of when you're in a mini cut because it is quite aggressive and i know you talked actually about and maybe we skipped over this a little bit the deficit in that and i agree there's been studies done on kind of well-trained athletes who have gone into a 30% calorie deficit, which is pretty aggressive, who haven't lost any muscle mass. So that's mm-hmm. nice. But then when we talk about a 1% to 1.5% potentially of body weight loss per week, you can actually identify what that could be through various kind of guesstimations of, and assumptions on things. So if we know 3,500 3, calories is roughly a pound of fat, if we're in that deficit, in a week, we should roughly lose a pound of fat, which is 500 calorie deficit a day. So if we know we're, say to make it easy for ourselves, we're 200 pounds. So if we wanna lose two pounds a week, which is 1% of our total body weight, we wanna be in a thousand calorie deficit a day because that's gonna create 7,000 calorie deficit by the end of the week, 
which should equate to around two pounds. It's not gonna equate exactly because there's loads of different things that go on. There's metabolic adaptions that are happening. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of to give you an idea of the deficit. It might be a good idea to set it via that, that target rate of loss than necessarily a percentage because uh, that might just provide you a more accurate way of doing it. I did used to use the percentage, but I've reverted to using this. I find it more kind of appropriate and accurate. And then you can track that progress week to week. You might have to make cuts and things. But I think something we can talk about is that if from your experience, Mark, during your mini cuts, have you found, because we know when you do like prolonged dieting periods, you have to make changes like every couple of weeks maybe, or like, yeah. how many changes do you tend to make to your nutrition and training during a mini cut? Do you find you have to do much or do you find it just kind of, you have that initial big chunk deficit and the body just kind of works with it? Or does your, do you find you adapt quickly or if it changes for people? Yeah, I've, I've never changed nutrition in a, in a, in a, in a mini cut before. Um, I, I think it's, again, it's such a short period of time. Um, I, I, I would be, I would be looking to set up the diet and end almost on the same macros and calories as, as it started. And again, we're talking, I think, you know, I said, I said zero to 10 weeks. I think maybe 10 weeks is, is, I haven't heard too many people. I, I know I've, I've heard um, Alberto Nunez talk about 10 week mini cuts. To me, 10 weeks is possibly too long for, for this type of diet. Yeah, for this definition. Yeah, for, um, I think maybe six weeks um, would be ideal. Something like the, the you know, the mini cut movement that, that, that we run is, is, is a perfect length of time for that um, six weeks. So, no, I would think um, unless there was like, man, a serious downregulation in, in metabolism through just people stopping moving because of their diet. I, I, because sometimes, you know, when we set up a diet, um, if we take 500 calories away from someone's diet, they can, their, their neat can drop like 500 calories and wipe the diet. And we see that happen all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's quite a, it's a perfectly normal thing. And that's why we encourage people to be active. I mean, it would have to take a serious, even if, if, if you weren't hitting the exact targets, per week, um, it would have to take a serious change in your activity levels to not get fat loss from this diet, this very specific yeah. aggressive diet. So, no, I would be looking to set things. Um, again, with, with a mini cut as well, it's it's completely different. Like, if you had a client who was doing a, a normal type diet and they could go the first few weeks not lose any weight and you maybe expect that and you could alter things and you've got time to do that. Um, whereas with the mini cut, at least in my experience, I've never seen like the first week of nothing happening. Mm -hmm. It's so aggressive. Um, the first week's usually, like you said, a lot more weight than expected in fact, uh, sometimes. So no, typically, at least in my experience, I haven't ever bothered changing nutrition through a mini cut. Um, I guess there might be, I don't know if there, there would be cause to up calories, maybe, I guess, if, if, if things were going a lot bit too quick. Mm -hmm. um, but I haven't ever changed anything. I don't know if you've worked with clients and you've had to change in, in that mini cut period or maybe yourself. I think, well, yeah, generally try not to because mm -hmm. when we have clients, we take them through like a period of 
hopefully a period of maintaining before they go into it so they're in like a healthy state at least they're not kind of having a lot of people i know seek out mini cuts because they're like they, they i mean it sounds amazing like it's an aggressive cut you see positive scale changes week to week which you do so <clears> long <throat> as you're in a good place to start it and that's why like for our mini cut movement we say you have to have not dieted for like at least a month before starting yeah. this because people will be diet after diet they'll be failing all over the place they won't be in a mentally healthy state physically they're probably a bit down regulated in terms of their metabolism they're trying to do a mini cut they won't see the results they want to and like it's probably the worst thing for them is to try something majorly aggressive mm. uh, they're better off taking a period of time and maintaining um, but yeah i think it's important to note that the longer you diet the more metabolic adaptions you're going to get. So the more so your NEAT's going to run down, the more your energy levels are going to like go to crap. Um, but during a mini cut, you should feel pretty good the whole time. Like I'm three weeks in, I've only got one more week. I still feel like I'm hungry some of the time and like I'm a bit more food focused. But in terms of my actual energy levels, my gym performance, I'm still progressing week to week. Things are still going really well in that aspect. Um, and I feel good. I don't feel like I've been dieting. I don't feel like I've been dieting a long time at all. Like I can, like even today, I'm coming home from the gym and I'm like running up the stairs. I'm like, oh, this is that's a good sign that I'm like fit, he like healthy right now and like a good metabolic place. Um, so yeah, hopefully no adjustments are really required because, like you said, it's it's aggressive. We should see changes week to week. Whereas if you do like a less aggressive approach, people especially if people go for those really small cuts, like 100 calories. Nutritional labels can be out by 20%. Like you could easily screw things up and make that 100 calorie deficit and just turn into maintenance. Uh, and I think that is something that's important because yeah, too many people go for that, those tiny changes. And you sometimes you have to be a bit aggressive, like with gaining weight and with losing weight, the body is great at homeostasis. It will just adapt to what you give to it to an extent so you have to kind of not shock the body but you have to kind of cause enough of the change for it to react and go in the direction you want it to uh so in terms of refeeds do you think do you ever use refeeds during a mini cut or do you think kind of uh, is it any different towards a longer progressive cut what are your thoughts on refeeds in this kind of context i think like everything if it if it gets you through the, the, the mini, depend on how lean you were as well, I guess. Um, how much weight you wanted to lose. And the, the, the only thing I can think about the refeed would be useful for is just to give you like that mental break of dieting and, and be able to fit in some social kind of stuff with, with friends and family. Um, I know for, for example, if, if if I'm doing something like that, if I, any dieting phase, whether it's a mini cut or a prolonged diet, then a refeed, if I know I've got that coming up every week, I am just a million times more likely to stick to it. Um, bearing in mind that with the if we're taking our calories over a net period of time, then you might have to go a little bit lower uh, for six days to, to, to enable that refeed to yield hopefully the, the, the same results um, it can definitely be set up with a refeed mm -hmm. um, I think in a, in a, in a um, I, I guess it just 
with the refeed, it definitely would come down to like a personal preference thing. Some people might want to eat that couple of hundred calories extra a day or a hundred calories extra a day or whatever it is. Um, and some people might want that one day of like, like I can relax, I can go with my wife, I can, I can, I can take my kid for like some ice cream and stuff. So I think on the refeed side, um, I think refeeds get, they almost get kind of thrown around like some kind of magic tool sometimes, um, like for, um, you know, the, p- people expect to see, and, and, and to be honest, if I'm going to be honest, and, and, and you know, that's, that's, that's who we are. It wasn't all that long ago where I thought that um, if I had a refeed once a week, one day a week, it was going to somehow you know, upregulate leptin and I wasn't going to feel hungry and the diet was going to be easier. Where, whereas now we've got more of an understanding that that's probably just not the case. Um, and we need a hell of a lot more time than 24 hours of you know higher carbohydrate, car, carbohydrate carb intake or calorie intake uh, for that to occur. So I think on the, on the refeeds, probably a personal preference thing for a mini cut. Um, if people are happy to bash on every day and not have one, it's not something that I would be pushing um, to have. In other words, if they felt like during the working week they could handle a little bit less calories because they're, they're active and they're distracted and they want to have that day or maybe even two days of, of higher calories then that's cool as well um, so long as we've got that quite aggressive net balance then yeah refeeds can work awesome in a mini cut yeah I think we already touched on it before at least you did in terms of setting fats and carbs in mm. that adherence is really important so if they're going to adhere by having a slightly different balance to what we'd recommend <clears> and as long as adherence to calories and protein are in place pretty much you're okay so the same with kind of having that refeed and I'm the same. I used to, oh, different lights during my time in this industry, my knowledge has improved and improved. And over time and experience, you realize things and you actually understand the whole concept behind them. So like refeeds, I used to like think they were, I did think they're almost magical. Like they somehow caused fat loss. Like if you're not losing weight, maybe it's a refeed that will cause you to lose weight. When in reality, like, when you think about it, you distill it down, just like a, a certain diet isn't magical, it's down to those calories, it's down to the inputs. It's just a day of, well, for us, we define it as refeed, it's like a day of maintenance, it's a day not dieting. And that could consequently lead to a reduction in cortisol, it could lead to, well, it should lead to glycogen replenishment, which could upregulate performance in the gym, it, it, and it should short-term reduce leptin, but it's not going to have, and leptin for those who aren't aware, is like the hunger hormone. So it provides satiation when you have more leptin. It's a good thing. Your fat cells produce leptin. The more fat cells you have, the more leptin you're getting produced. So, and carbs have the biggest impact on that, which is why you upregulate carbs. So I think, yeah, you. I mean, I've we could go on a huge rambling tangent about refeeds right now, but we're trying not to. And if people want to hear about that, then ask us and we'll do a ramble about refeeds. But uh, for the context here, it's really adherence. That's the main the main benefit of having a maybe dropping in a refeed is psychological adherence. And now when I do a mini cut for people, I'm kind of like, right, do you want to have a refeed? Or maybe you can split that refeed over two days, over the weekend. Do you want any cycling your calories or would you just like a level higher intake standard across the week? 
Um, I could see it beneficial potentially during a mini cut or just generally calorie cycling if you did train infrequently in the week and had some really big training sessions. But for the majority of our clients, for the majority of people listening to this, you probably train fairly frequently throughout the week at a fairly set, like level intensity. And at the weekend, you just want to relax a bit more. And it's probably fine to have either equal intake or like a slightly higher one at the end of the week. Um, I just wouldn't necessarily really restrict any days to being very, very low, um, especially in, like you don't want to bring protein too low any days. You want protein is always going to be level day to day because our bodies can't store that. So if we don't provide our body protein one day, it will take our own. Uh, so, right. What have we covered? We've covered basically how to set up the mini cut from the start from the get go nutritionally. Uh, we know that people when they come towards a mini cut, they want to be in a healthy state. They don't want to be like unhealthy. It can work for people who are trying to just lose a bit of body fat to get into that lean percentage so they can be efficient for muscular gains. It can work for kind of quite overweight people who just want to kind of see really good results quickly and then will go into a longer, more progressive diet. And something actually I think we, you touched on slightly there was to do with the refeeds was in terms of how lean someone is. And I think that's important to talk about because for someone going to like a contest prep, this aggressive mini cut approach probably ain't going to work for them. Um, and I'm going to cough. <coughs> Sorry. So if you're on really low body fat percentage, losing a percentage each week is probably too much for the body to take. You'd probably move down to like 0.5 or even below. So, um, <coughs> apologies so when we talk about we kind of got the nutrition there <clears throat> all about training how would you go about setting up the training for your kind of mini cuts how would it look differently to like maintenance or muscle building cool i think just like we spoke about before with the kind of mps mpb um balance there you want to train um or just like you want mps to be greater than muscle protein breakdown you want to you want to train like you're gaining muscle um and that's in any diet in, in phase um you know i sometimes see people concerned about maybe you know not be able to lose some strength or their, their, their one rep marks go down within, within diet and stuff and Sometimes wonder why that's the approach in a diet. Like he, it, the the one thing that's going to um, prevent muscle loss is actually using the muscles, um, training like you're trying to gain muscle. So you should have a program that's set up pretty much like it would be in a hypertrophy block. Um, maybe have a base week because you're dieting. Just get in the gym, feel your way around. Um, nothing too strenuous in the first week and then like every other block of training build from that uh, progressively adding volume as you go and maybe even finish off the, the mini cup with, with a deload um, but I think the way that the way that I would set up the, the training um, would be as if I was taking a client as if this client was wanting to maximise uh, a muscle gaining phase um, I don't think I would change anything. There would be nothing kind of lower than six reps. It would all be kind of the eight to twelve rep range. There might be some accessory 
stuff uh, higher than that. But yeah, in 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 my mind, regardless, you know, we are talking specific mini cuts here, so I don't want to go off on a tangent. But in any dieting phase, the goal should be to train like you're like you're gaining muscle. Um, we're we're trying to, you know, if we've got, if 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 you're deficient in, in calories which you which you kind of are in, in a deficit you, you've got a, quite an extreme diet um and you're not pushing volume proteins low then you are absolutely going to run the risk of of losing muscle especially if muscle protein breakdowns greater than muscle protein synthesis that is just the fundamentals that that's what happens we want to offset that we want nice high protein diet coupled with a progressively um a training program progressing volume week on week uh, just like you would in a hypertrophy block. Yeah, I completely agree. Especially <clears throat> with the idea of training for muscle growth. I think a lot of people think about, oh, retaining muscle means I need to retain strength. But yeah. a lot of characteristics within strength aren't related to muscle size, like there's neurological adaptions and things like that. So it's important to, and also not to think about fat loss for your training. So don't. I, I used to think of like, fat loss circuits and things like this i used to do like hit and like yeah. circuit training to try and burn the fat yeah think about your diet is burning the fat think about your training is maximizing muscle retention and yeah you, you said it completely right i think in terms of when we're trying to lose fat and maintain muscle we want to promote anabolism promote muscle protein synthesis as best as possible do signal our body for growth rather than maybe signaling it to try and defend against muscle loss yeah. kind of push our best weapon and i think something that happens that's different in a mini cut towards kind of a longer progressive diet is that you can actually maintain your performance pretty well uh, because it's so short you've still got kind of like you've not coming off the back of progressively more and more dieting yeah. you're, you're coming off the back of like a good a good time so um, you don't have to necessarily drop volume massively you should be able to actually just use it as like essentially a mini cuts like a, a, a mesocycle in length so you should be able to like you said mark have your base week where you're kind of getting used to those movements then each week you progress so you either you look to increase your volume whether it be reps sets a bit of weight progressive overload week to week and then finally when you're going to end your mini cut probably you're kind of overreaching um, functionally because then you're going to deload recover your increased calories slightly during that deload because you don't want to kind of de we've talked about it before have calories to load during that deload um, and then yeah come out and you're on your way to whatever you want to go on to whether it's then a longer progressive diet or something different so if we go into like the specifics um, because what I set up my that will we set up the mini cut um, and so we can talk about some specifics in terms of programming for muscle growth, which is essentially what we're talking about. And you talked already about the intensity. So nothing lower than six reps, really, with a focus on kind of an eight to 12 reps and maybe some reps above that. And that's specifically because this rep range is a good balance between it's good intensity, because the more intensity you use, the better kind of signaling for muscle growth we get. But we have to have enough volume. So if you go too intense, you can't get enough volume. So there's a good balance between the two in which they meet kind of nicely. So that kind of 8 to 12 rep range is where we're going to focus on. And in terms of volume, you want to get a good recommendation is from that Wormbomb kind of analysis. And Eric Helms uses this quite extensively. It's 40 to 70 repetitions per workout. Um, and then frequency-wise, 
a minimum of twice a week. Uh, is that how you'd go with that, Mark, as well? Or do you have a different kind of way of doing that? No, I, I, I would agree. I think if it's uh, if it's good enough for Eric Helms, it's, it's, it's good enough. <laughs> um, I, I could totally see the logic in people trying to maintain strength and, tr- and trying to do things like the three, you know, deadlifting for three reps or, or bit. But can, can you imagine trying to accumulate volume in, in your chest after doing like sets of three on the bench? Um, you're going to really struggle with that. And you know the one thing that, that that we should be pushing during this mini cut is trying to increase volume along the way, and don't really want to be doing anything that's going to affect that. So yeah, like I said, um, if that approach is good enough for Eric Helms, it's good enough for me. It's it's worked in the past. I've done mini cuts before. It's worked really nicely, and. I, I like the way you touched on the, the energy thing as well because you might feel a little bit hungry. Well, you, you, you're most definitely going to feel hungry, but the energy should be there to at least acutely in that very small period of time to, to continue to progress. And I've never done a mini cut before that I felt so banged up that I haven't been able to, to progress. If 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 you're not progressing, then it, I mean it could be a whole host of things. But the chances are you're probably just trying to do lift, lift, lift a little bit heavier weight, and I think that that's a good thing as well. You know, if we're working that kind of sixty to eighty percent intensity, then it's not you're not going to the gym and absolutely busting it one either. You should have plenty of energy to, to, to get your gym sessions and still progress through a mini cut um, if you've got things set up properly. If you're lifting in the right kind of rep ranges and the right amount of um, the right amount of percentage kind of um, working capacity yeah I completely agree and I think something we can also touch on a bit more maybe is in terms of programming wise you definitely want to not specialize during this time so when you're dieting and stuff if you were because we talked about we train like we were when we're in our hypertrophy phases but you might specialize slightly in your hypertrophy phases you probably don't want to do that too much in these phases because if you put muscles on the back burner too much you could potentially lose uh, lose size in them um, lose muscle in them you don't want to be like just maintaining them you want to be growing everything as best you can you something that might be wise to do probably not required for a mini cut in fact uh, is put more volume towards your weaker body parts that you know kind of lose size easily that might be something you do but in actual fact i think if i carry on talking i'm going to go way over into a tangent so i think we've actually covered most I think that was a things. good point. That was a good point you made, though. That was a good point about okay. definitely having that separation between, you know, although we're setting things up like a hypertrophy block, it's not a hypertrophy. <clears throat> it's not a muscle building block. Um, so in that regard, yeah, we, the, the 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 amount of sets, sorry, the amount of repetitions per week, uh, per um, session, and um, the. Yeah, I think and not specialised. I think that's a great point. I, hope, I think if, if people are going to take away anything, you're not um, you know you're not setting up your training to to um, look to, to emphasise any part of your body. It's you're, you're you're kind of although you're setting on paper we're setting up to grow, but we're looking to not lo- lose muscle and, and, and kind of maintain what we've got. So there's no real need to run specialisation blocks with mini cuts. I think that's a that's a good point. I'm glad you. I'm glad you pointed that one out. Oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> and actually, you've made me remember something I wanted to bring up in terms of the strength, because I could see why, especially as like a powerlifter or a strength athlete, 
that you would be concerned about maintaining strength. And what I put to you is why are you trying to lose weight during your strength training periods? Why not have planned your nutrition and your training, periodize them together and actually lose weight while you're in your like uh, hypertrophy work capacity phases when you're doing higher volumes that's more stimulating for muscle growth. And then when you're actually trying to peak, when you're trying to build strength, maintain weight, or maybe you maybe be in a slight surplus if you want to do that. Um, but don't try and lose dramatic amounts of weight when you're training for strength because you're just not going to see good things happen there. So yeah, I think in, in those cases where people are concerned about strength, I think you just need to have a better periodized approach overall. Um, I think that's yeah. quite important. Something else I wanted to touch on as well was actually in terms of, because we're talking about coming from kind of maintenance phase, which is kind of strength training, low volume. Then we're coming into this <clears throat> higher volume phase with our training, it's kind of hypertrophy dieting. What I'd say is when you do do that, if you are doing a mini cut for the purposes of potentiating more muscle growth, which I am right now, you can start off kind of quite lowish reps in terms of kind of maybe six to tens more so. So then when you come out of the mini cut, you actually, you haven't kind of sacked all of your resources for volume. You can just go up a touch, go to more towards that eight to 15 rep range and put into a calorie surplus, then you're in a really good position because your muscle cells are really insulin sensitive and you can actually grow through that. So that's partly what I'm planning right now is I've just come out of maintenance phase and doing kind of a lowish volume um, hypertrophy block with my mini cut and then I'll come out massing with a like high volume um, massing period and then I'll go maintenance and I'm going into a, like a long contest prep which is gonna be really crappy or hopefully a long contest prep. We'll see how things go. Um, I don't think I have anything else to add on that. I think that pretty much covers hopefully everyone's questions. Maybe, and I'd say supplementation doesn't really change during a mini cut. If that's something people wanted to think about, I'd say you'd still take your creatine as normal. You'd still take all of those beneficial things. Um, you might increase your caffeine slightly because you're dieting and it is quite aggressive. So maybe you increase your caffeine a fair amount. Uh, I know I've, I've actually been all right. I've been sticking to one coffee a day at the moment. So I, 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 me. Um, I, I went coffee nuts on a, on a mini cut. It's in fact, it's almost like as soon as I go on any diet, it's the, the, all I can think about is um, getting some monster. I start my day with that stuff sometimes. Um, yeah, but supplementation, I guess the one thing you could maybe do is because like, Fats lower. If you're taking six grams of fish oil a day, you might take one or two, uh, and then you might take an extra multivitamin, I guess, to to cover the kind of bases of um, of, of of the micronutrition. But yeah, that that would probably be the only significant changes. Yeah, I think food composition becomes much more important during a kind of aggressive dieting phase because we always talk we talk about that eighty to twenty percent. 80% good, 20% junky. And I got to be honest, during going from kind of, I was on over 3000 calories maintaining to then 2000, because I'm looking to lose a lot of weight quickly and aggressively. I haven't really been eating any junk. It's kind of like, no. Um, 
So yeah, all those little things, when you do take a more aggressive approach like this, because you might be sold on it, you might be thinking it sounds amazing and it can be really good, but the hard, the more aggressive you are with your dieting, the more you have to be on point with everything. Food composition, you have to eat really well. You have to make sure you're getting your fiber, micronutrients, micronutrients yeah. getting those essential fatty acids. You can't be a dickhead basically and just eat Burger King and McDonald's and whey protein. Like you're gonna screw no, your body up. Food choice is a absolute. It's a, it's 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 up there with it's the most important thing with a mini cut. You've got like my my wife comes home with uh, like certain biscuits and cakes from from the shop. Savage. She enjoys that. You know, there's no way. It, it, you know, if I'm in a mini cut and I'm on a, quite an aggressive diet, there's no chance I'm going to have a, a a piece of chocolate is that size for 200 calories. It's not happening. <laughs> um, yeah, you've absolutely got you know voluminous foods and. It's really funny, and, and we'll talk about it just because because we're talking about it. It's amazing the the. It's amazing what your plate looks like in a mini cut. You go from like things that you would never think about. So in a mini cut, I'm throwing egg whites and copious amounts of salsa, jalapenos. Um, the pepper intake goes up, unbelievable. Uh, it you, you just you, protein fluff. Um, you know, I end up. YouTube and like you know high protein anything anything that's got kind of heaps of volume and heaps of protein um, and yeah it just becomes the food choices it's half the battle actually if you can be if you can just have a little bit of plan and a little bit of um, let's face it it's a little bit of common sense like you, you, we're trying to keep yourself satiated here um, if you can have a little bit of thought. With your food choices, make the right choices. Then you, then fifty percent of your um, battles won. Uh, there's no need to be unnecessarily um, restrictive in a diet. We know that. That's what we. That's what we coach people. But for this very specific short period of time, then it might be a good idea to stick to the kind of fresh, minimally processed whole foods that are going to be kind of. Um, you know, high volume, low calorie per bite foods. Um, absolutely, one hundred percent. Those things aren't necessarily going to impact your body composition to a large degree. But the point we're making, and we have to make this clear because we're not saying because <coughs> if it fits your macros, gets kind of eighty percent of the job done. Yeah. But that other small percent could mean that you don't make that 80%, i.e. if you're not eating foods that keep you satiated and full and promoting good gym performance, you might end up binging, you might end up breaking the diet. So they're kind of inadvertently setting you up to hit that 80% much better. They're gonna help your adherence. So like if I take you through a typical day for me, you'll see I eat a ludicrous amount of veggies. There's just, my like, and I'll be really pleased, like my dinner tonight is lentils, um, what have I got? Lentils, low-fat sausages, and then cauliflower, and just any veg, basically, I can get my hands on. And yeah. yet, salsa is also a fantastic food. I very much promote salsa. Bulking is also good because it's tasty, and so you can just put it on food, and it makes food amazing. Egg whites, really effective. I've been using egg whites recently. I hadn't been using them the last two weeks, and I regret it because they're really useful. Um, cottage cheese, that's a good one, like low-fat cottage cheese you can use. I think these are important aspects as well. And I think we've kind of now come on to the psychology slightly yes. of mini cutting, which I think is good because I did want to touch on that. 
because yeah. it does take a certain person to do it. Um, like again, like anything aggressive, you have to be, you have to eat like an adult, which hopefully people realize what that means. Cause I know there's a lot of adults who are obese and overweight, but like eat sensibly. Um, <laughs> I, I had, a, I know I referenced that I think from like Dan John and someone had a go at me for saying eat like an adult because adults are obese. They eat awfully. And it's like, well, you know what I mean? Like eat with some intelligence, with some understanding of what you're having. Um, but I understand where they're coming from as well. Uh, in terms of kind of the psychological struggles or maybe even the social battles, what's the hardest thing? Because I know I did a post on this recently. I think you agreed with it, Mark. This, the, in a mini-cut, social, social struggles within a mini-cut? Social or kind of just the psychological things. I know... Like yeah. I get food focused. I miss going out for meals. <laughs> Absolutely, um, it's it, you know you, you the, the dieting period is aggressive. It doesn't leave for much flexibility, and that means if that might mean that your Saturday night um, or, or 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 midweek meal with your wife um, and kids in a restaurant might have to you know that 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 side of dieting is hard. Um, and that's something I find difficult because I, I've got a, a daughter, as you know. Um, she doesn't care if I'm dieting. She just wants to eat crap all day and, and she wants her dad to do it as well. Uh, she's constantly stuffing things in my <laughs> um, You know, we, we enjoy going out as a family and, and, and having some time and, and relaxing around food. It's, it's, it's sociable. Sometimes in a mini cut um, or, or dieting period, that's, that has to get knocked on the head. And it's because we've got this specific goal um and um i i find that quite challenging the social aspect just not being able to you know so i've i've got a night out coming up um coming up um it's actually tomorrow night i'm probably going to have i i am dieting at the moment it's less aggressive in your approach um i've scheduled it i'm probably going to have a few beers uh, nothing crazy because i don't particularly enjoy being drunk um but yeah i can go and do that whereas in a mini cut um yeah, I'd, I'd probably rather have the food and the refeed. So I definitely struggle with dieting, that social aspect, probably more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I remember the, the, the post you made. Uh, I agree completely the fact that, you know, um, you can kind of suck up the, the hunger and the energy to some extent. You can, you can deal with that. Um, it's, it's a lot harder for people to deal with the fact that they, their wife really wants to go out or maybe she, if if the if the wife's had a really bad day in the office and she's want you know she just wants a pizza at night and you know you can't fit that in because it's, um, and we are talking like th- this might not be an ideal approach for some people but if you're going to do a mini cut, the one thing that I would in talking about the, the the psychology of it, the one thing that you're going to have a head start on is knowing what you're getting in, getting yourself into, um. Um, and then the reason I I refer to this, um, you know, I I I done the mini cut, the revived mini cut, um, before I was lucky enough to come on board as a coach. And one thing I referred to at the end was how I liked the group aspect of that. Uh, I think I would have not. It's hard to say because it never happened, but I don't think it, I I would have found it uh, uh, as easy or as pleasant if I didn't have that group aspect and people to share. I knew what these guys were going through. They knew what I was going through, um, and, and I really liked the way that there was nothing left to 
uh, the imagination. I knew exactly what I was getting in for. I knew that I was g- g- going to be hungry. I knew that the, the gym sessions were going to progressively get more tough. Um, and because you know that, if you've got that knowledge before you start it, then you're just going to be, because you expect that you're going to deal with it better through the process. Um, I did really enjoy having the group as well. Though. I don't think um, I could, that's just me. I guess you, you've got a lot more, you've been through certain diets before in the past, contest prep and stuff. I haven't had that experience. Uh, I, I find dieting really hard. Could I do it on my own? Yeah, maybe, but I definitely like that support network. I definitely like the whole mini cut movement and having that support. And yeah, that, that's what it's there for. It's, it's to provide that support and, and educate people before they get into it, exactly what it's all about. Yeah, I think you touched on some really good points there in that thought. The mini cuts work really well and they are short, but it's a, it's a short structured period of time where you need to be quite kind of ready to commit to it. <coughs> You need to maybe be a bit less flexible. You it isn't the time to try and do intuitive eating or something like that. It's the time in which actually hitting a carbohydrate, fat, and protein goal is quite important every day. You want to do that because you're kind of not taking anything to chance. It's an advanced approach for people that can commit to it. Yeah. Uh, and I think you touched on also some good points because I really struggle. Yeah, the social aspect sucks, but I think a lot of it is in my own head. And I've had clients who go through mini cuts and they talk about, like you said, their wives, like bringing home pizza and things like this. And often I ask them, like, have you discussed this with your wife or yeah. have you talked to your like partner about this? Do they know you're doing this? Do they know how much it matters to you? And they're like, oh no, I haven't. And it's like, well actually tell them, I'm sure they'll be supportive, get their support. And that touches on the accountability aspect that you talk about in which, yeah, the group coaching aspect with the mini cut movement that we've got is amazing because yeah you have everyone to be accountable to and there you have me overlooking it and you overlooking it and answering questions they almost have no excuse and i am fortunate in that fact that i might not have the smallest hips and the biggest widest back but i am nutterly determined and can stick to a diet and whether or not that's always a good thing <laughs> i always get the job done if i've got something i need to do so yeah i can kind of force my way through it um, but I'd be lying if there weren't like little things where I'm like, ah, oh, it's a five grams over. I won't count that. Oh, I just have this extra bit here. When it when it's in these sort of periods of time, I try not to, but they still happen. Um, but because it is aggressive, like we've said, you do see those changes still. Um, but you don't want you want to be as precise as you can for the period of time. Uh, I don't think we have anything else. Kind of, we've covered a lot there. Um, but actually, I did want to talk about how I fit it in with my life. So at the moment, I'm not trying to be kind of super strict with it. I went out with my best mate two weekends ago. We went out for pizza. It was absolutely amazing. Went out last weekend with uh, my girlfriend, Charlotte. We had pizza again because obviously I'm going to have pizza. Um, pizza. And this weekend, I'm going to my grandparents and I'm just going to kind of see what happens. So I don't necessarily schedule refeeds. They just kind of happen. Uh, and I just get on with it. I don't stress about it. That's kind of what flexible dieting was anyway. That's what we promote. And then you get back to the aggressive dieting when you can, you get back to your structure and you realize these small little blips, as long as you don't turn them into binges, aren't gonna kind of scupper too much progress. Yeah. Um, so is there anything else you wanna add, Mark, or are you all good on your side? I think we covered a lot. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to think, I think. No, I think we're, um, I think we've done okay there, I think. That gives us a pretty good idea of what a mini cut is. Cool. I hope. 
yeah, I think we covered a lot there. If you, guys, if you have got questions, feel free to drop us. We've got that free Facebook group, which is a, a good accountability source anyway, and we encourage people to ask questions, post in there. Um, I'll put a link below so you can access that. Um, it's basically called powerlifting, bodybuilding, powerlifting, revive stronger, macro counting, bodybuilding, and powerlifting, revive stronger. Sorry, it's a bit of a mouthful. If you search any of those keywords, um, you'll be able to find us there. And I'd also say, yeah, message me or Mark anytime. We're happy to like reply to private PMs. We're very open people. We just want to help more people, which is yep. why we set up the mini cut movement in the first place, which I might as well just touch on briefly. We have talked a lot about mini cuts. If you are kind of like, wow, that sounds really up my street. I want to learn a bit more. Or maybe you want kind of someone to take you through one initially so you can run them in the future. Then the mini cut movement might be something for you, which is our group coaching service. And the next one's beginning in January because, of course, January, New Year, everyone wants to start a diet. Um, and what better way than like get a head start with the mini cut? So if you are interested in that, I'll put a link below as well. Uh, there is an offer on it at the moment. There's only a few spots available on that offer, so that will go quite quickly. And then, yeah, anyone else wants to jump on board, please do. I don't want to spend too much time selling. So, yeah, I think that's what mini cuts are. I'm enjoying it. I'm glad it's going to be over in a week, but they are really effective. I absolutely love them for keeping your kind of bulking cycles going over and over and over, but without you getting too fat. I also really like them for kind of getting people into a diet initially. Absolutely. So cheers, Mark, and cheers, everyone, for listening. Thanks, guys. Cheers, Steve.